Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you, and I thank you that you are our Father. And I thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through your Son, Jesus. And that you've granted us the gift of faith. You've granted us a share in your own life, a share and uh, a knowing, a clarity about the invitation to eternal life with you. Lord, you have created us for yourselves. You've created us for your glory. Please, Lord, I ask that today you would be glorified in my life. Please, Jesus, I ask that you would shape and mold the minds and hearts of each of those who are listening to my voice right now and who are praying with me. Jesus, we truly desire to glorify you in all that we say, think, and do, in all that we avoid, in all of our relationships, in all of our dreams, in all of those initiatives that we are pursuing. Lord Jesus, please take them into your hands, take them into your heart, take us all into your heart. And there, protect us from being led astray. Lord, please cleanse our hearts from impure intentions. Lord, give us the desire to serve you with all that we are and have. Please, Lord, help us to recognize the gifts that you've given and help us to um, help us to put those gifts at your service and at the service of the people that we meet. Father, we do love you. And we stand astonished at the gift of life, the gift of creation. Thank you, Father, for creating us and for sustaining us in love. Thank you that your spirit lives in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, for an awakening of your Holy Spirit in each of our lives. An awakening of your spirit to the anointing, the power the, the vibrant experience of the life of faith. Lord, that's what we want. We want to be compelling, radiant witnesses to the world around us that you are alive. You've conquered death, and we are sharing already in some way in that victory. For we do not fear death, but we stand in awe of you. We fear displeasing you and wasting our lives on things that don't glorify you. Lord, please shepherd us today along good paths into green pastures. I, I feel prompted to pray for those who are listening and joining in this prayer who are struggling right now, who right now are feeling a, a little bit burdened or overwhelmed by what you are facing. And so I lift you before the Lord. I, I place you gently into the heart of Jesus opened for us on the cross. Jesus, receive these dear ones into your sacred heart. May they sense the beating love of your heart. But I don't do that alone. I, I call upon our blessed mother, Mother Mary. Call upon St. Joseph. We go to you. Please intercede for these dear ones who are listening to my voice, who are joining me now, that they would be carried through the loving intercession of you, Mother Mary and St. Joseph, you, St. Padre Pio, you great saints of God, and all of our guardian angels, our wonderful protectors. Please, guardian angels, exercise the fullness of the mission and ministry in our regard that you have been assigned to oversee. We welcome your stewardship. We welcome your mission your ministry to us, your protection of us. And we say and we ask to please exercise that protection. And in a special way, we do ask St. Michael and the mighty uh, warrior angels of God who are uh, ready to come around us, to come around our homes, our vehicles, our finances, our projects, our our businesses, our jobs, our uh, contracts, our uh, buying and our selling, 
all the different activities that we're doing these days. I pray and I beg, oh, holy angels of God, be at work helping us to fight and win victoriously, to be victorious over the realm of the demonic coming against us, coming against our homes and our families, coming against our our kids, our, our grandchildren, our, our families' lives. Almighty angels, please be at work. And Lord, we do pray with authority in your holy name. We pray with authority that, Jesus, you would bind up all evil spirits, harassing, oppressing, obsessing, infesting any part of the lives of those who are under our spiritual authority. We do ask, Lord, for your precious blood to wash over us all. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill the space that is left behind from any spirits that have been delivered from our lives. We ask that a hedge of thorns, a crown of, your crown of thorns, Lord, would be a hedge of protection around our lives today. Lord, give us greater fervor and greater expectant faith in our prayer. Lord, you are the living God, and we repent for all the times and all the ways that we doubt your presence. We neglect this relationship that we put other things first. Lord, we repent of those things. And we ask, Lord, that you'd give us the grace to see. Lord, you said to the Pharisees, if you were blind, there would be no sin in that. But we see you say, and your sin remains. Lord, remove the blindness from our eyes. Please remove the blindness from uh, sinful attitudes, sinful ways of seeing things, sinful behaviors, or sin that would creep into relationships that would dishonor you and would weaken or betray our call, our stewardship, our mission in this life. And Lord, bring us into fellowship with faith-filled companions on the journey. Lord, stir into flame the gift of faith. Stir into flame, O Lord our God, the gift of your Spirit. We are desperately in need of an awakening of Pentecost in our lives, in our homes, in our communities. Holy God, Lord Jesus, send the promise of the Father again. Spirit of the living God, fall upon us, stir within us, be released in our lives with new power, with new anointing. We pray for that baptism of the Holy Spirit, a renewal and a deepening of that anointing, that gift, that grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we would experience the full empowerment that you intended for us in our baptism and confirmation. Please, Lord, unwrap and release these gifts and graces. The Spirit of the living God, move in us and move through us today. Please, Lord, our prayer is weak. Our prayer is short. Our prayer is not, um, not moving from any type of depth as deep as it could be. But, Lord, we're coming. We're coming back. We're here. And we want more. We want more of you. We want you to be bigger in our lives. We want you to be bigger through our lives. We want your kingdom to come, to break in and break open our lives, to empty and to fill us to overflowing. And that your kingdom would, would move through us into the world in whole new ways. I thank you, Lord, for the way that your kingdom will come upon us and in us today. We welcome your kingdom. We, we stand watchful and ready. Please, Lord, give us the grace of prudence. Please, Jesus, give us that grace of recognizing the good that's at stake in this moment and the right way, the right way of, a, of realizing it. Holy God, we love you. Holy God, we praise you. 
And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there we go. Uh, that was not on my agenda, praying a 12-minute long prayer. <laughs> um, but it did, I hope, put um, out into the open what I'm striving to do in, in the program, which is be attentive and alert to the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. The Holy Spirit is He's the Spirit of the living God, and He lives in us as in a temple. This is the living Holy Spirit. And we can grow in that relationship with the Holy Spirit, a sense of nearness, a sense of intimacy, a sense of, or let's call it a sensitivity to his promptings, to the, to the movements that he would uh, have us do. Uh, that, that in so many ways is our life of faith. I'll never tire of sharing it because it, it it seems to be one of those like let's call it spiritual life lessons <laughs> or discipleship life lessons that it, it you never get beyond it. It's just a matter of going deeper into it. Uh, I never go beyond it. I have to live deeper into it. And that's that this fundamental truth, it's in the scriptures, in the Acts of the Apostles, also called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? The Acts of the Apostles is also called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. If you went through the Acts of the Apostles, you'll see again and again the ways in which the Apostles acted because the Holy Spirit prompted them. The Holy Spirit and us proclaimed. The Holy Spirit moved us to lay hands on, go in this direction. The Holy Spirit prevented us from going in that direction. So who's acting here? Who's the one that's really moving here? In the scriptures, the apostles are not supposed to move until the one who is the mover comes upon them. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you, the promise of the Father. Then you'll be my witnesses throughout the ends of the earth. Right? It extends beyond and beyond. And, and isn't that what happened? They stayed, prayed, and waited, vigilant, in the upper room until the Spirit came, and then the Spirit moved them. Moved them on Pentecost in an extraordinary way, and then moved them from Pentecost continuously out until the ends of the earth. Now that Holy Spirit that is the mover, the transformer of our lives, to move with power in the spiritual life, that Holy Spirit continues to operate down through the history of the church, and theologians have reflected upon it. You have, you probably heard me say, I've mentioned it I don't know, now and again through the years, that in Thomas Aquinas, there are only two powers in the soul that can move you. Others can influence you, right? All kinds of influences, all kinds of influences that come upon our lives. And if we welcome them into our hearts, there can be a like, a, like, like concupiscence, it has this inclination. It inclines us into a direction. It's not, it's not the same as moving. So the only two powers that can move us are, are well, first of all, ourselves, <laughs> of course. I move myself. And if I'm yielded, the Holy Spirit can move me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can live so deeply within you that the Holy Spirit can move you. So you have that idea of people moved by the Spirit, prompted by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing the moving. It's true in the life of Jesus, true in the early church. Aquinas maps it out theologically. It's also true for our lives. But let's be honest. How many of us, when we wake up in the morning or when we live our lives day to day, do we think about the living God is so near to us, so close to us, that the Holy Spirit is deeper than our inmost self, deeper in the depths of the core of our being, in our very hearts. It's, and it's not just like a, a, a gust of, of wind or a wispy bit of energy, uh, like mist. No, it, it's the power of God that created the universe, <laughs> that brought order out of chaos, that transformed fearful disciples into fearless apostles. It's the power of God living in us. 
and yet we don't act like that. Do we really act with expectant faith, believing that the power of God lives in our hearts, not under our control? It's the Holy Spirit who can move us. I'm up against the break. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So I just shared with you a theological reflection about the idea that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the promise of the Father, the Advocate, the one who moved Jesus throughout his life in ministry, is now living in you, and this Holy Spirit is a person of God, the person of God who will move through you as well, and move you as well. What does that look like? What does that concretely look like? Okay, the theology, I get it, I see it, but what does it look like and how do I grow in it? I think that's a pretty cool thing. What does it look like, the power of God at work and and prompting us, and then how do we grow, how do you grow, how do I grow to experience more of God's power, more of the Holy Spirit's power in our lives, and a greater sensitivity, a greater willingness to yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Wouldn't that be cool if you had this sense of expectant faith when you woke up in the morning that said, I cannot wait to see what the Holy Spirit is going to do in my life today. Where are you going to lead me, Holy Spirit? What are you going to ask of me, Holy Spirit? What will you prompt in me, Holy Spirit? I am really excited. Holy Spirit, be alive in me as I pray in my morning prayer. Be alive in me as I read my scripture. Be alive in me as I go to Mass. Be alive in me as I get my kids ready for school. Be alive in me as I head off to work. Be alive in me as I engage in conversations with the people that I meet here, there, and everywhere. Holy Spirit, be at work. Let's go. Come on, Holy Spirit. Let's go. I am. I'm eager. I'm ready. Here I am. Here I am. Send me. So, okay, again, that's all nice fervent exhortation or a kind of language that you can take for yourself. And I encourage you to take it for yourself. But what does it look like? Well, one one thing that it looked like was, well, my prayer this morning. Normally when I pray, uh, my prayer will last about, I don't know, maybe a minute, often actually less than that. But today as I started to pray and I started to move forward in my prayer, this little prompting, this little like theme that I was supposed to lean into in the prayer, I was supposed to start speaking that theme out loud, I, I went with it. Okay, this language might sound like foreign, but... What I'm talking about is like discernment in the moment. Discernment in the moment. I, I actually, towards the end of my prayer, I was talking about prudence. Do you, do you remember not talking? I was praying. I was praying for a greater prudence. Prudence is recognizing the good at stake in the moment and the right means of responding to it. I'm going to talk a little bit that a little bit later. The the good at stake in the moment and the right way of responding to it. And so prudence was at work in my prayer. So as I was praying, I was, you know, praying the normal things that I would pray. I address the Father through the Son. I ask the Holy Spirit to be at work. And then is there a theme that connected to the saint of the day of the theme I'll be talking about in the program or some happening in the world? And then I just start in. And then normally that prayer just sort of settles down. My prayer is finished in Jesus' name, amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I move on. But as I started into the theme, as I started to move along with that thing that bubbled up within me, there it is, that thing that bubbled up within me, that's, there's a good at stake right there. There's something at stake. Do I go with that or do I let it go? Do I say yes to that theme and start praying into it, praying along with it? Or do I say, oh no, this is getting a little long. I, I, I'm getting a little bit anxious now that folks are going to say, how long is this guy praying? And just whoosh, all that goes aside. And I just keep moving along with the prayer, moving along with the prayer. Oh, it's like I'm a raft on the water. And it's like, okay, I, I've got a paddle. 
And so I'm going to kind of paddle to stay in the stream, the stream of this prayer, as long as it's moving on. Okay, I'm hitting some rapids <laughs> and I'm moving along with it. And at some point it's going to, rapids are going to subside and I'll move off into the shore. But I'm going to stay in that moment and go with the, the, the thoughts that roll forward as long as it makes sense. And so that right there is an example of praying in the Spirit. Praying with a sensitivity to, where's this prayer headed now? I didn't have a script. I wasn't reading a book. I didn't have a bunch of themes that are on a punch list that I was going to cover. I just was going with the Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead this prayer. And so that's, now not many of you are going to be in situations where you are like praying like that. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a a time for a spontaneous prayer in your family prayer. Yeah, I we have that. We do that. Yeah, um. So we we start with the Holy Spirit prayer in my family prayer, and then I pray a spontaneous prayer. And when I pray that spontaneous prayer, I I, I have a few things that I th- are my normal handholds that I'm like, okay, I'm going to climb the mountain of the Lord here. I'm going to pray for these people that we promised to pray for and all these things. But then I I leave space. Okay, Holy Spirit, are you prompting me to say, to, to take this prayer in a specific direction, to highlight a specific uh, uh, word or theme or of the spiritual life? Or am I supposed to open this up to my kids for them to add into the prayer? And so... Give some room in your family prayer time for that kind of spontaneity. And that that sounds kind of risky, huh? Well, what's the risk? Is the risk that God's not going to show up? (laughs) Stop, think about it, right? What's our expectation about our prayer times? Is God there? Is God listening? Is God active? Is God taking the initiative? Is God at the source of that prayer? Well, if all those things are true, then maybe... Maybe, maybe we're going to have a situation where it's not quite so, um, not quite so, uh, like awkward. It, it's almost more like vibrant or, or life giving to think, what's the Holy Spirit going to do in prayer today? Now, that might sound all very grandiose. A little while ago, I was getting my kids they're around our new pool table, they're really having a blast. And it's so funny. They're super excited and energetic and yeah, 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 let's go. Dad, one more game, one more game. And I'm like, you guys, you got a lot of energy, huh? And they know. They know what's going on. (laughs) All of a sudden, John looks like, no, I am so tired. I am just exhausted. I am just going to go to bed. (laughs) He knows what's happening. He knows that I'm there to shepherd the kiddos away from that pool game upstairs to pray the family rosary. And so all of a sudden, there's the falling on the ground. I'm dying. I've got no energy. I'm just terrible. I'm so exhausted. And uh, and at least I had one of my kids down there saying, look, guys, we can come down after we pray. Let's just, let's go. Let's pray the rosary. And then we'll come back down and finish the game. See, what what did they want to do? They wanted to finish the game first. And then they said they'd go pray. I know how that works out. So it was simple. Put my foot down. Nope. It ends now. Put the sticks down. Get upstairs and pray. You can come down here afterwards. And they did. And sure enough, as I'm even recording this program, I can hear them in the other room, whooping and hollering and playing more pool. So uh, it worked. So the, oh, what's what's my point? My point is just because you enter into prayer time with your family with this sense of the Lord is the living God. The Holy Spirit is the living Lord and he's in our midst. He's in our hearts. He is the one who's stirring this, this prayer time alive. And we need to make a determined effort to pray, but it's still a grace. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that, you're going to hear the angels singing and kids all of a sudden are going to become supernaturally 
levitating off the ground and, and fervent in their prayer. No, it, it doesn't work like that. Um, I'm not saying it can't work like that. I just it hasn't worked like that in the current house. And um, but it there are the seeds being sown, and there is a way in which your living attention to the Holy Spirit in prayer, your effort to be attentive and alert in prayer, has powerful impacts. Powerful impacts on your kids that you can't see on your spouse that you can't see. How about on yourself? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who's at work. And so um, so that's just one example. One example of when I'm saying that the Easter season is about learning to live a life in the Spirit. The, whole, the, the Easter season is learning to live in intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit who is in you that that Holy Spirit wants to move through you and prompt you. And so if you don't have like that spontaneous time of prayer or that spontaneous prayer, like I just did at the beginning of the program or maybe even at the beginning of your family prayer, it's still something you can bring into your personal prayer. Like especially, where's this so easy? Whenever you're reading scripture, right? Isn't that the devotion? To, to read the, the scriptures as the word of God with a sense of this is a spiritual exercise and I'm doing it with a devo- a spirit of devotion, that you are reading the words of the scripture, not like a book to be studied, not even as providing principles to be applied, but as a place of encounter with the living God. And so um, I just I encourage you that even if the concept of spontaneous prayer is not like big on your radar screen, the idea of being open and alert in your prayer time to the Holy Spirit at work. Again, this is called expectant faith. This is called docility. Docility is that receptivity, that readiness, that willingness to be led, that willingness to yield to the Holy Spirit within you. And honestly, like any relationship, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to need to grow. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is is one that will grow and advance and mature over time. But how much do we care about that relationship? How much do we attend to that relationship? How much do we talk to the Holy Spirit? How much are we asking the Holy Spirit? Like when we leave the house, Holy Spirit, as I... As I leave the driveway today, as I'm driving to work today, Holy Spirit, I yield to you. I yield to you in advance. I don't even know what's coming, but I yield to you in advance. Please prompt me. Give me that little sense, that sensitivity inside me, in my heart or in my conscience, right? That's for someone like blessed, or now saint, John Henry Newman. It was... The, the spirit of the living God at work in conscience, it's where the voice of God echoes in a way that every human being who's paying attention has some sense of moving in this direction leads me to light and to right. Moving into this direction leads me to darkness, confusion, and evil or wrong. And what do we know about that? When we act in accord with our conscience, and we follow the path of what is right into the light, guess what becomes more easy to recognize? Guess what becomes stronger within us? The voice of conscience. You see, when we act in accord with that that grace of the Holy Spirit alive in us, it's exercising, right? We're going to get stronger. We're going to work out those spiritual muscles, those discernment muscles, the, the muscle of conscience, and it's going to be easier to recognize when the Holy Spirit is moving us. We have that, what's called the instinct, the instinctus, the, in, the instinct for the Holy Spirit within us. So in conscience is one way, but the same will be true when it comes to other promptings that you have. And let me just give you some example promptings that you might be thinking about following. Put down the phone. Put down the phone. Turn off the TV. Shut that laptop. 
Don't stream those videos. Surrender and set aside those movies. You seeing a theme here? <laughs> you seeing a pattern? One of the biggest swindles, the biggest swindles that the devil is currently pulling off in the lives of faithful believers. Let me say that again. Let me be really, 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 really clear. One of the biggest swindles that the devil is pulling off right now in the lives of fervent, faith-filled Catholic disciples of Jesus Christ is the way that we have surrendered our lives to smartphones. The use of smartphones, the use of screens in our lives. Well, a swindle is what? A swindle is when you willingly give away something that's precious, something that is good, something that leads you to flourish. And in exchange, you get back something that leads you, uh, that is not worth what it cost. And, and that's the swindle. Oh, well, wait a minute. If I've been swindled by receiving a smartphone and all of the other things that are connected to screen time, the time where I willingly seek after, continue to go back towards and spend time in front of or with screens, what am I being swindled out of? Here's the answer. Did you get that? The answer is silence. It's not just silence. It's a way of being in silence. What is that? I'll tell you in a minute in Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. I address this program, who am I kidding? Who are you kidding? And it's one of those things where honest, like honest, rigorous self-reflection can lead to self-knowledge. And, and that's a precious gift. It's a precious gift because we can fool ourselves. We can really, really, really fool ourselves regarding like how we think we're living, how we think we're coming across. It's that big discrepancy between what we say we believe, and, and not just that, it's not what we say we believe it, but it's the implications of that belief and how we're actually living. Right? There can be a big distance, and unfortunately that distance can get wider and wider in ways that are clever and seductive and, and subtle, and before you know it, we've floated further away from our ideal with regards to how we're living our lives. And I just proposed before the break that it's smartphones in particular. And, and, and here's the thing. Maybe it's, it's not just me. I know it's not just me, but it's, it's the whole generation. It's the iPhone generation. Right? So let's say born year 2000 and on. Maybe, maybe they sometimes refer to the iPhone generation as like, 2008 and beyond from when the time of the iPhone came. But let's go back a few years before that. And it's basically kids whose own awareness of life uh, never didn't have an iPhone or smartphones as part of it. And uh, that, it's so interesting, Carrie and I were talking about it. On Sunday, we were just talking about different factors in impacting our kids' lives. And we were around a, a teenager um, this past weekend who it was like this smartphone was attached to the hand. And it, without question, while in the presence of this teenager, uh, I, I felt so sad because the teenager was spending 90% of the time looking at the phone rather than looking up and being engaged with the group. And it was it was repeated in almost every instance where I was around the, this teenager. And I just want to say it was just so sad to me. But it's one of those things where I think that you talk about getting swindled. It's, it's I would say, how many parents just feel like it's a lost cause? I've lost my kid in their phone. And... It, the constant, you know, the bickering or or demand, put the phone down, put the phone away, uh, keep the phone away from the table, keep the phone away from this, that, or the other thing. 
And, and it, I'm sorry, I'm kind of running a field here, but I said to Carrie, I said, when's it going to get better? When is it going to get better for that generation? When's it going to get better for teenagers today that they're not going to be so darn concerned with the digital world, the social media platforms, the uh, that are giving them the, that little that little impulse of um, of of dopamine that's just giving them that attachment that that bondage to come back to that swipe 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 scroll 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 the next little video the next TikTok the next Snapchat the next Instagram post uh, terrible horrific effects. But it's not just teenagers, it's adults. And this is this is my point of saying, what's the swindle happening to faith-filled believers? Is that we have also been swindled into surrendering one of the principal means of growing in our intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. One of the principal means of growing an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit is quiet prayer, is silence. It's quiet prayer. It's contemplation. Why? Why is that so important if we are going to grow in our intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? It's kind of obvious if you think about it. Where did I say that the church teaches and the scriptures, obviously the foundation and, and down the teaching through the great teachers of our faith, where's the Holy Spirit live? In our hearts. Okay, that, that might sound like warm or poetic. No, the heart is the center of who you are. It's where the sense of the self dwells. It's where the I lives. When you say I, I, Tom, I, there's an I in there. There's an I that I am that has this consciousness that is operating in my body right? I'm not separate from my body, but I'm an embodied being. But there's an I, there's a sense of self. And that sense of self has a spiritual component, right? That's called the soul or the mind, the mind in, in a bigger sense. Uh, so those spiritual, the, the spirit, the spiritual capacities, the soul, but the spirit is the I. And, and so where's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is within the human spirit. Whoa, Whoa, so says St. Augustine, right? More interior to me than my own I, more intimate to me than my own I is the Holy Spirit within me. And so how am I going to get in contact with the Holy Spirit so that I can have this sense of familiarization with how the Holy Spirit lives in me? What's the Holy Spirit like who lives within me? How's the Holy Spirit? What's that feel like when the Holy Spirit starts to move me? How do I have that? Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's the Spirit. That's not me. That's not the devil. That's not my lunch. That's the Holy Spirit. That was a joke, by the way. Uh, that's my lunch. I'm, I'm <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit. And how do I come to that? Silence. Quiet prayer. You see, when we're quiet, when we're still, our tradition says, we become aware at a human level, and grace builds on nature, grace builds on nature, so at a human level, we develop the capacity for wonder. So wonder is standing present before the world that is around me or within me and awaiting with a sense of expectation the unveiling of the deeper dimension of what is present to me. Okay, that might, it's actually philosophical what I just shared, that there's a depth dimension to the all of the world around me, whether it's what's happening in this situation, in this classroom, what's happening uh, in this forest that is in front of me, what's happening in the night sky, what's happening in the tree, what's happening in, in this moment in front of me. There's, there's a depth dimension that can be broken open, but at a human level, it requires a contemplative stance before reality. And a contemplative stance, a stance of contemplating, gazing upon, is not scientific standing over. It's, it's in wonder standing before. And we can even stand before our own hearts in wonder. 
But that requires being still. That requires silence and solitude. Do you know what that requires? No screens. What do screens do? When do screens make their most pressing appearance? When do young people today feel such interior pain that they run to screens for comfort? It's when they are alone. <laughs> when they are alone and there's no noise around them, they are frightened. In fact, they often experience an interior anxiety or even anguish. You see, that idea that what is in the depths begins to manifest itself on the surface when you're in silence, well, guess who's not liking what's in the depths? A lot of young people are not liking what's in the depths. Well, a lot of old people too, right? We're not liking what's in the depths. And so no wonder we'll avoid the silence. No wonder we will like, oh my goodness, I need to not pay attention to the silence. I need to get some space here. And so um, that there's a lot at stake in that. That's a really big deal. So learning to say I'm going to discipline myself by taking that smartphone and sliding it away from me in my prayer time so that I can give some time to the Lord who's within me, that I can be still, be still and know that he is God, be still and await the gentle unveiling, the gradual revealing, the, uh, the, the tender disclosure of the Holy Spirit, who is love, who delights in you, who has come with gifts and wants to reveal the way in which he will move in my life through the gifts he's given, through those giftings that he's lavished out of love in my life and in your life. The Holy Spirit is, is there waiting, waiting to say, I want to move through you. I want to, I want to, I'm going to use these, these gifts like a, like piano keys to make a beautiful music in your life that glorifies the father. Ooh, that's daily life as a disciple in the Easter season. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you today. So when Carrie said to me, Tom, it's not going to get better regarding smartphones and the way that kids are increasingly just being handed smartphones and being exposed to heinous, tragic, toxic, broken evils that are swindling their hearts and minds out of uh, innocence and uh, a sense of faith and a love of God and of the church, swindling them out of um, innocence with regards to their own sexual identity and all of the other evils. And yet with all of that happening, parents still willy nilly hand their kids phones, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, not even a question, not even a question in so many places that are hearing my voice. It's not a hundred percent, but it's, it's probably over 90. Sad to say. Uh, I want to say I'm very blessed to be in one of those places where it's 90% don't have smartphones. And among those that do have smartphones, 90% of them are not glued to them, but barely use them for any social media use at all. And so it's, it is possible to be in a situation where your kids are in relationships with other kids who are not overwhelmed by the world of smartphones. But that's really not the point of this program. <laughs> it The point of this program is the way that we parents have allowed ourselves to be swindled by the realm of smartphones and screens out of quiet time. And quiet time, silence in prayer, contemplative attitude is diminishing our capacity to develop deep intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Just saying that out loud is so painful. 
Because if we reversed it and said, do you want deep intimacy with the Holy Spirit such that the Holy Spirit can move through you more freely, easily, fruitfully, and powerfully that will glorify God and bring blessings upon your life and allow you to fulfill your God-given mission? I need to say that one more time. Would you like to have a deeper relationship, intimate and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit, the living God, can be at work in and through you more easily, fruitfully, powerfully? to bring about the kingdom of God, dramatically glorifying God in his, in his manifestation of his kingdom through your life so that you are a blessing to others and even helping people come into contact with the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. Yeah, do you want that? Yeah, get rid of your smartphone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, get rid of your smartphone during prayer times. Well, I'm listening to music. I mean, I use it for the divine office. <laughs> I use it for the app for the divine office, but I have really restricted myself where, okay, let me just confirm I'm on the right pages and then put that phone away and then go back to the liturgy of the hours. And then here's the thing. When I'm done with the office of readings, even if I do it in a more contemplative mode, I tell you there are days where I sense the Holy Spirit gently whispering, stay in silence. I am here with you. Stay in silence. I want to commune with you in love. Not saying exactly like that, but I know that's the invitation, just to be in loving union with the Lord in silence. And who knows what he does in me to set me free and bless me in that union of love. And I say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me the grace to recognize that. But you know what? I want to watch the highlights from yesterday's NBA game even more. And then I'm sure there's like a recent chess channel that has gonna, that's going to post the results from the tournament yesterday. And I want to watch the summary of that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But I think I'm going to pass because this smartphone is really at hand and it's so entertaining and it gives me that little impulse of dopamine to make me feel so satisfied and sitting with you in the intimacy of prayer, even though there's a gentle sweetness to it, it's not nearly as satisfying and entertaining at a felt emotional level. Wow. Who talks like that? out loud. Who acknowledges that like out loud? We want the goal. We say yes to the goal. The me, you know, the 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 ideal. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's moving in our lives peacefully, beautifully, fruitfully, powerfully. God's kingdom is coming and we're fulfilling our God-given reason for our existence. We're glorifying him in our lives. Yeah, yeah, we love that. We love that. We love that until it requires the gentlest of little sacrifices. Put down the phone. Shut off the TV. Put away the screen. And be still. Be still and know that I am God. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And the damage, the loss, the deep loss. There's a loss at the human level the loss of that capacity to be contemplative and to wonder, that whole basic philosophical attitude. There's such great losses in that. Don't even want to get into them. Uh, just that the losses of being able to reflect, to articulate, to be present to oneself, to be aware of how one is feeling and, and the appetites or passions that are at work inside yourself and how they might be impacting you in terms of what you say might say or do. All of that, bye-bye. There's just going to be a, a closed-off awareness, a muted awareness, a confused awareness. Not to mention at the more spiritual level, the supernatural level, that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit at work in our lives would be drowned out. The Holy Spirit, remember, is in, in the soul of our souls, in the core of our being, within our deepest and most center. Well, lots of noise happening at a higher level, at a, not a higher level, at a more like surface level. All that noise, all of that stuff swirling around, and the sweet, gentle Spirit gets drowned out. 
the, the, the sweet, gentle spirit of the living God doesn't get hurt. And until the Holy Spirit speaks with a much more forceful, louder voice and says, I've made you to be glorifying the Father and I will speak in the gentle whisper of quiet time and prayer to allow you to be useful to me. Or in merciful love, I will bring calamity. Calamity to wake you up, shake you out of your lethargy, out of your apathy, out of your self-satisfaction and the bondage of the flesh. I have something greater for you, more for you. And the Lord, I know the Lord would want us to have it. I shouldn't say no. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that wouldn't it be better for us to experience these good things that the Lord has for us without having to go through calamity? Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, I last story, I hurt my calf two and a half years ago. And sometimes it takes human means of beginning to address it. So I finally went to a physical therapist today for the first time. Now, I have to admit, I didn't have a lot of expectant faith in the physical therapist. And she was just going to do an assessment. And it started off with, okay, I'm going to kind of like press here and press there on the calf. And I'm going to have you walk this way and stretch this way and step on your toes or lift up on your toes. And, and I was just thinking, yeah, okay, she's observing and this and that. And then she said, you know, I can see that, you know, you've, you've had some scarring in your calf muscles and we need to break them loose in order to be able to get them to heal back better and stronger. So I'm going to just try something here. I'm just going to do a quick little calf massage using this tool to see if I can loosen things up a bit. Is that okay? I'm like, absolutely. A massage sounds really pleasant. Then she took out this tool and it was like lightning was striking. No, a thousand pins were striking my calf muscle as she rolled this tool over my calf up and down, up and down. And I got to tell you, I've got a pretty high pain tolerance. This was difficult it was difficult. And she's like, yeah, you got a lot of scarring tissue in there that we've got to break up. And you just might need surgery, but let's try this for a few weeks and see if we can't break this up and, and you know, hold you back from having to get a surgery. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that. I was walking around for two and a half years trying to literally wear some kind of compression sock to, to make do. And she's like, no, you really want to undergo the right kind of therapy for this? Going to have to go deeper. Going to have to go below the surface. Going to have to break some things up to loosen things up so that things can get fixed again. And that's going to be painful. A wonderful little story to recognize what happens in our spiritual lives as well. A lot of stuff hidden away that we just make put band-aids on and we end up living less than a full life until the Lord gets in and says, I'm going to do some supernatural therapy on you, some spiritual therapy to get you to be unbound and set free. Bring it on, Lord. Please bring it on because you love us. Thanks for listening. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.